All right, buckle up. It's time to listen to the somewhat official podcast of the Memphis Express. The unofficial podcast of the Memphis Express, bringing you news, stories, videos, and so much more. This is Express and Goal. Welcome aboard, flight crew. This is flight 33 of the Express and Goal podcast. I'm your pilot, Daniel, accompanied by the woman with the pink hair, none other than my co-pilot, Michelle. How the hell are you? I'm great. That was like the best intro ever. You should just follow me around to events and stuff and just intro me (laughs) as that. That would be awesome. Ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Boy, oh boy, do we have a show for you. A lot has happened this week. A lot to talk about. Yeah, and it's not like there's a number of things that have happened. It's just like the magnitude of what has happened is astonishing. Which is obviously Manziel. We're going to get into that just a little bit later. The other big news for this week for the show is that we had team president Koshe Irby back on this week to talk Express and Manziel and all things going on. Yep. But before we get into that, let's get into these recaps. First and foremost, we have the Hot Shots giving the Apollos their first loss on the season. I don't know why she shake your hand about now. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Hot Shots, for bringing them down. Yeah, they needed a loss and someone needed to give it to them. And and the Hot Shots of all teams who have been hot and cold like all year. It's crazy, like this fluctuation and just the the competition in the league. Yeah, it goes back to the fact that putting power rankings in this league is near impossible. Yeah. Because the Hot Shots lost to like what, the Iron? I don't even remember. The now. Legends? Yeah. And and then they beat the best team in the league. So yeah. yeah, it was insane. Uh, how was the game itself? So it was a pretty back and forth. I didn't get to watch a whole lot of it, but Garrett Gilbert threw his first interception of the year. What? Yeah. What? Week six when finally got an interception? <laughs> he He's already signed to the NFL somewhere, isn't he? On a practice squad or something? Well, he was signed by the Panthers at the like towards the end of this past season. Okay. He's not officially on any NFL roster. If he was, he wouldn't be allowed to play in the AAF. Gotcha. But... With the new possible agreement between the NFL and the AAF, that could be possible? Yeah, there's very good likelihood that the NFL and the AAF are getting closer and closer to coming to like an official partnership. Okay. So, and if that were to happen, there's definitely that possibility. Yeah, I I, I don't see a world in which he doesn't get picked up. Absolutely. He, I mean, he's the arm. That's what I call him, the arm of the AAF. And the big thing about this game is it came down to somewhat of a controversial ending. Tell me about it. So... It was 22-17, so the Apollos are down by five, Okay, and they are moving down the field. Two massive passes like launch them down the field in the red zone, in scoring position, with four seconds left on the clock. They have no timeout, so they go to spike the ball, but they don't wait long enough for the line to... Well, no, one of the tackles, I think, jumps before the ball is snapped, resulting in a false start. Now, like everything's moving quickly, so it's understandable why it happened. But by rule, that results in a 10 second runoff since it's an offensive penalty. And the reason for that is they don't want offenses that don't have timeout trying to stop the clock to commit a penalty just to get time stoppage. So they have a 10 second runoff, which resulted in the end of the game. Now, a runoff is when they just take seconds off the clock. Yeah, it's a 10 second runoff. So if it's 16 seconds left in the game, they run the clock till six and then start to play there gotcha but since there's four seconds left that takes you to the end of the game wow yeah so they're like within like 10 yards good chance of scoring not guaranteed mind you but it's the apollos yeah 
but a good chance. And because of this false start, game over. Anything else from that game? Nope. All right. Next one is? Commanders and Legends. We Commanders and Legends. Commanders and Legends. What happened? Who won? Oh, the Commanders. <laughs> and boy, did they win. And that's another thing talking about the week-to-week fluctuations in this league. Because the uh, Legends were like a hot team coming off two straight wins, looking good. Yeah. And then they only score six points against the Commanders, who got blown out by the fleet not too long ago. So the Legends only scored six points? Yeah. Was that a touchdown or two field goals? Because they were relying on, or at least what I saw was that Aaron Murray was going to be like, a, he was going to really turn it around for them. But if they only scored six points, I'm curious how they got those six points. And maybe Aaron Murray really isn't the answer. Maybe there's bigger problems kind of like us within play calling and coaching and, and decisions like that. Yeah, exactly. So Aaron Murray went 30 for 41, which is an incredible completion rate. It's 73%. Mm-hmm. But... One touchdown and three interceptions. Yikes. Yeah. So one touchdown, but not a two point conversion. Correct. But that could or could not be on him. Like, obviously, yeah. we didn't watch it. So they could have tried like some sort of sneak or running up the middle and it wouldn't be on him. Yeah. And two point conversions are pretty difficult to convert anyway. Let me interject real quick. So now that we are more than halfway through the season, how are we feeling about these two point conversions? Are you liking it? Do you think it's dumb? How are you liking the scoring? Let's just get a pulse on how you're feeling about it. I love it. Yeah. Because it keeps the game competitive. Yeah. So I think the completion rate in like the NFL is like 60%. I don't have any numbers for the AAF. I need to reach out to somebody about that. But it's not a given. So the other team scores a touchdown. They don't get the two-point conversion. You're only down by two field goals. Yeah. Rather than the NFL, you still have two field goals and then some. Right. So you're, you still have a chance to come back. Right. Which is benefits us. I mean, we haven't used that to our advantage much, but <laughs> there's still a chance. So except for like week one and this past game, we've lost by a combined total of like 12 points because of this, I think, and our defense. Like it's kept us in the game. Yeah. I'm all for it. And extra point kicks are boring. There's really nothing to them. The two point conversion adds more excitement to the game. Yeah, definitely. All right. Cool. I agree. Cool. Anything else you got on that? Nope. Oh, sorry. Final score, Commanders 37, Legends 6. Yikes. Yeah. Damn. But hopefully morale is still high from those two wins that they got. And it, and that's what's frustrating about football fans is they're so finicky. And not necessarily like as individuals, but just as a collective. Yeah. So a lot of fans are calling for Aaron Murray to be benched. Oh, okay. We'll get to this when we talk about our new hire, but... <laughs> Just just be patient, guys. Like, just calm calm yourself. Trust the process. Next game is? The Birmingham Iron against the San Diego Fleet. So we thought that this game was going to be super exciting. We started watching it. Was it Sunday? Saturday night? So it must have been Sunday. Mm-hmm. And first half was really kind of boring. So I turned it off. <laughs> but the ending was amazing. Tell me about it. It came to a game-winning field goal from the Iron. Okay. So they won 32 to 29. The iron one? Yeah. God. I know. Damn it. Which just makes it even harder for us. Not that we had much of a chance anyway, but had they lost, we'd have a better chance of making the playoffs. And because we're so close, do you think that iron fans are going to show up to our game this week and like talk trash? Yeah, I saw some of their fans like talking about coming to the Liberty Bowl. I mean, tickets sold is tickets sold, but yeah. 
Ugh. We were we were talking at the watch party this week. This is off topic, but uh, with Doctor Ho and his wife Becky, they are huge fans of the Express. They were the first ticket holders in the entire league. Crochet loves to talk about that, so you probably heard about that before. But they were saying that they went to the the first Iron Game like we did, and they had the same experience. What experience is that? Just that the Iron fans were jerks and they yeah. were rude, and and I, I told them that the Iron is my chosen rival, and they were like, "That's fine by me." <laughs> yeah, and it's just because of their fans. Their fans are obnoxious. Not all of them, but there there are a few good ones, like the Iron Legion podcast and like the group we met after the game. But overall, not a fan of them. Yeah, they're just mad. They have a crappy stadium. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what happened during this game? So the big thing on this one is the QB controversy. So if you remember, the Iron started off the season with uh, Louis Perez. Yep. And then, not this game, but the week before, he got benched like after the first drive. He threw a pick six, and that was it. Right, because I remember you saying that they were almost looking for something Yeah. so that they could switch him out. Yeah, because he's... A game-managing quarterback, I think I mentioned this in the last one, but he's not pushing it down the field. He's not making like these big plays, and it seemed like they were looking for a reason. So as soon as he threw a pick six, like that was it. So then this week, they had Price, was it? So Price took over the game after Perez was benched last week, started this week, and then got hurt early on. So they took him out, Perez in. Perez started playing pretty well, never went back to him. Yeah, never went back to Price. Yeah, but Perez was kind of making some big plays, and... Doing just kind of what he does with these like miraculous receptions that doesn't make any sense. He ended up 27 for 49 with 359 yards. Damn. Three touchdowns, two interceptions, and one two-point conversion. Okay. Yeah. So I see him starting next week. Yeah, definitely. But we'll see how it goes. <sighs> I mean, <laughs> this doesn't sound like I like love my team, but they really could start anyone and we would still lose. <laughs> <laughs> There's still a chance, though. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to our game. Let me just start by saying we were a couple minutes late to the watch party, and we missed Met and Bacon Cheeseburger's injury. I still haven't seen the video. I don't know what happened. But I looked up. Like, we got there right as it was happening. Every time they showed the replay, I missed it. So I still don't know what happened. I just saw him on the sidelines with the boot and crutches, and I was like, oh, it's over. His season's over. But... Brandon Silvers came in and played reasonably well. He played really well. I was so pleasantly surprised by him. I was like, why is he third string? And why did we have Hackenberger for way too long? <laughs> like, we should have seen what Silvers and Met and Bacon Cheeseburger had to offer way before these games. Yeah, agreed. But what was good is that Hackenberg was third string this past game. So Silvers was number two, got put in instead of Hackenberg. All right. Any notes from this game? Quite a few. Menberger was injured on the first play on offense for the Express. Carter Schultz came off the edge, as he does, because our offensive line is struggling, and spun Menberger around. Mm -hmm. And like in the spin cycle, mm -hmm. Menberger's foot got planted and like under Schultz or Schultz. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Carter Carter Schultz and got planted. And just as Menberger twisted, his foot did not. Gotcha. The latest update is that it's a serious high ankle sprain, and he is on IR, which by rule should eliminate him from the season. Just because we're so late into the season? Yeah, because IR is four weeks. So if he went out week six, that would take him. I think he's eligible to come back week 10, mm -hmm. possibly. Mm -hmm. 
but I don't see a point in bringing him out for one game. Yeah. Especially if his injury needs, if, if it's borderline, like just let him get healthy. Yeah. And Silver's played well. He was 23 for 37 and 242 yards and a touchdown. And it definitely brought a change of momentum because he was making plays that Menton Bacon Cheeseburger and Hackenberger either can't make or weren't making. They were making successful kind of like, well, 20, there was a 20 yard pass and there's a 25 yard pass right behind it. So he wasn't like launching it down the field, but they were making progress. Yeah. So there's a couple things that I want to unpack there. So with Silvers, he doesn't have the big arm like Mettenberger and Hackenberg do, mm-hmm. but he's got a much quicker release. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So while Mettenberger and Hackenberg have to like wind up to get the pass off, he can throw it pretty quickly. So the other thing to consider with Brandon Silvers playing so well is that the Stallions have one of, if not the worst graded pass defenses in the league. Uh huh. So naturally, you're going to have a lot more success passing than you would with other teams. Gotcha. So Brandon Silvers looked good, but is that just because the Stallions defense was bad? And then the other thing is that the Stallions have one of the best defensive lines in the league and they had the best run defense. So shutting down our run game pretty much kind of forced us and from playing behind, like you had to pass more. So it kind of forced us to play the passing game, which hopefully leads to more passing in the future. Kind of sees like our team can do it. So Silvers is starting this week, right? Yeah. So at practice, Mike Singletary said that Brandon is definitely starting. All right. So when Manziel does not start after spending like five days in Memphis, don't lose your sleep. So they say he's ready. So I'd imagine there are like special packages for him so that we will see him a little bit. And if Silver struggles, like I could see them switching to Manziel at the halftime. Yeah, I definitely think that they should switch to him at the half if if Silvers is not doing well. Mm -hmm. But I think it depends on what is happening. Like... If it's on Silvers, then switch them out. But if it's not, if it's on, you know, other things happening, I don't see a reason to switch. But I do think that people are obviously talking about it. They're really excited about it. Why? I don't fucking know. But they're really happy about it. So I think in order to kind of keep them happy, we should put them in like for the two point conversions or put them in for something. Kind of like you said. Yeah. Special packages or special plays in order to make that fan base happy, but also see what he can do. So... At this point, we're obviously losing. We're one in five. So I, I kind of still have the same thought. It's like any change could be good change. Yeah. And one of the benefits of Manziel is his ability to run that, you know, our quarterbacks don't have. With our O-line as bad as it is. And if you watch the Stallions game, like they're bad. And that's not completely their fault. We had a lot of injuries on that line. Our starting left tackle last game was a backup guard for the rest of the season. So it's hard to have a good offensive line whenever you have so many injuries. With Manziel's ability to get outside the pocket, make plays happen, or just take off on his own, it can like compensate for bad O-line play. If the offense is struggling because the O-line is bad, I could definitely see putting in Manziel to take advantage of his skill set. Yeah, absolutely. So just some notable names from this past week. I'm giving the Memphis Express Offensive Player of the Week to Reese Horn. Yeah, he was so much fun to watch this week. Like there were like what one or two plays where he was just absolutely stellar. It was so much fun to watch. Yeah. One of them was a great play by Brandon Silvers that like Silvers got outside the pocket through to the sideline and Reese like made a good catch. But the other one, Reese like fought for the ball because it was thrown short. 
kind of it was a back shoulder pass. And so like Reese just the ball was his and like he fought for it. And he's the first receiver in express history to have a hundred yard game. And he ended up with 129 yards. Damn, bro. Yep. Defensive player of the week has to go to Demarcus Gates. Why? Because once again, he was a team leader in tackles with 14. Whoa. And is currently leading the league in tackles. That's so cool. So he's got 39 tackles and Drew Jackson is number five in total tackles at 32. It looks like Tarpley's right behind him. Yeah. So we have three of the top six tackle leaders in the league. That's nuts. Yeah. Our our linebackers are the best in the league. All right. Hands down. Now, if only they could get us some more games and get the rest of the defense together. Yeah. Injuries on the defensive line obviously is a cause for concern this past week. Anthony Johnson is on IR. Sam Montgomery is on IR. And Corey Vereen wasn't active. So I'm hoping that Corey Vereen is healthy this week because we definitely need him. Why do you say that? He's one of the best defensive ends. I think he's like number two in the league when it comes to QB pressure. Oh, wow. Yeah. And having him back is going to be huge for that defensive line. Is he supposed to be back this week? I'm hoping. All right. He's not showing up on the injury report for this week. So all signs point to yes. Cool. Awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. And so I put together a highlight video of like all the big plays from the Express. Uh, Pretty short video. All things considered, we didn't have a whole lot, <laughs> but you can check that out as well as like the past couple of weeks. I know I did it last week, um, but you can check all that out. Plus all the other videos I make on YouTube at memphisaaf.com slash YouTube. All right. So is that it for this week? I think so. Then I think we just have to get to the meat and potatoes, the Manziel stuff. Yep. So when we heard the news, when it was confirmed on Saturday night, we went live and we talked to some of you guys. Um, Dan and I have actually talked about how we love the structure of a later week episode and maybe doing live streams in the earlier part of the week to recap or talk about news like this. So make sure you follow us on Instagram. Memphis AAF pod. And that's where we'll be going live. All right. So about Manziel. Johnny Manziel, Johnny football, party boy extraordinaire. Uh, Big news. A lot of controversy, I will say. And a lot more excitement than I thought there was going to be for him. He's got a cult following like no other. Like it's re- it's weird. Why? Why? I don't know. Like it's crazy that somebody who's accomplished so little has such a big following. I mean, maybe it's because people are thinking back to his glory days of when he was at Texas A&M. Yeah. I mean, he's a Heisman winner. So obviously like, and he was exciting to watch in Texas. Right. But he hasn't done anything since then. Not real. I mean, not really. No. I mean, he had a mediocre career in the NFL. At best. Yeah. Then got cut. uh, Left football for a while. He bought a nightclub in Texas. Enjoyed being young and dumb and partying. (laughs) Tried to revitalize his career in Canada. Did something to get banned from the the CFL. Didn't think it was on purpose? I I don't know. Like, it's that there's no... You don't want to speculate, but you do think that's it. I mean, th- it's definitely a possibility. Like, it's definitely something that could be true. Like, maybe got tired of playing second string, saw the AAF, knew he couldn't play with his current contract, and did what he had to do in order to get out of it. But why? Why would he want to leave the CFL for the AAF? Well, if his goal is to get back to the NFL, playing second string in the CFL is not the way to do it. Well, obviously, you're not good enough. Do you think he could possibly be good enough to get back to the NFL? I, I based on like what I've seen so far, no. 
like what he's on CFL. Like, no, there, there's no way. Uh, okay, I'm excited about the hype and the fact that like people are buying tickets and buying gear and like spending money. I'm happy about that. But he's not going to be the answer. Yeah. One, because he's not that good. And two, because again, like the changes that we need to have at this point need to be at the top. Uh, wh- why? Why was he signed from the perspective of the AAF? Why would they sign him? So he's, they did a background check. Like they went through and, and like, if he wants to play, there's no reason for him not to play. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they just signed him because he's a name? Well, I mean, he's a football player that wants to play in the AAF and he's good enough to get signed. I mean, that when it comes to like being signed by the AAF, like that's what their concern is. And then it's up to the teams to decide if they want him or not. When somebody with his pedigree comes across and you have a chance, especially when your starter goes down with injury and you need a quarterback anyway, it kind of makes sense to kind of see what you have in him. Okay. I, I'm really hating on him here. I just, I don't understand the hype is really why. I, I just don't understand yeah. the hype. I didn't watch him in his A&M days, but I am going to, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can offer, especially if it's good. Yeah. Again, especially because he's selling tickets and gear. So putting butts in the stadium and that's always good. <sighs> I, okay. I'm glad Silver's is starting. I was like, I'd be, I'd be heated if we walked out and Manziel was starting the game. Yeah, Silver's played good enough to deserve a chance. Yeah. So he's getting in the start. I'm excited to see what he can do. And if he doesn't play well, then yeah, put him in Manzo. See what he's got. Anything else on Manzo? No, I mean, jerseys are on sale at Dick's right now. If you buy a jersey online, you get like two free tickets to the game. So if you're interested, there you go. It was funny because during the... Uh, live stream someone asked like if they have Manziel jerseys and I was like uh, yeah they've been printing for weeks already <laughs> like they knew this was happening so yeah. all right now let's get to our interview with Mr. Koshe Irby team president of the Memphis Express we kind of bounced around to a lot of different topics I feel like this interview wasn't super cohesive but <laughs> here we go all right so now we are here with the one the only team president of the Memphis Express probably the most uh, predominant voice when it comes to team presidents in podcasting world, at least. Koshe Irby. I take those, I take victories where I can right now, you know, <laughs> given where we are in the standings that, that, that right there is the one victory I'm going to take home with me tonight. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. We have the number one team president in all of AAF. Yeah. I'll take it. And he's uh this is the third time guest. Is, is it third it time really? or is it the second? Second time. No, but you appeared in that oh, episode with yeah, Jacob. Because I booed you. Oh, right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess that does make this the third one. I'll take that. <laughs> You're right. And you've been on the Shipyard Podcast as well as Alliance Football Podcast. Now. I know. Making the rounds, man. Yeah. I'm just trying to get myself set up for Podcast Row. We definitely want to talk to you about that. We heard about that on the Alliance. Was it Alliance Football Podcast? Yeah, yeah. Rod. Yeah, yeah. It was a good time. I, I He kind of pitched the idea. And I was like, this is awesome. And stuff like this that, once again, it makes the Alliance unique that these opportunities, I mean, everybody kind of has their thing, but you know, for us to be able to bring something like that to life would be pretty cool. And it would be so much fun to be able to like see all these people. Cause we're obviously spread out across the country. So to be all together at the championship game at this thing, we all love would just be amazing. You know how much content to come out of that thing? Yeah. Like, you guys have like podcasts for the whole off season, <laughs> just interview each other. But I, I 100% agree. I think that you know, once again, sports is a is a is a medium of exchange, right? People get together and they tell stories and they watch the game and they they brag. 
and 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 it doesn't just extend to the people in the stands. Like it, they, you know, media, which I what is what I count you guys as. They all come together. You guys are friends off the field. You guys are friend off season, and so I think it's a no brainer that you guys all get together and and chop it up and compare notes and compare equipment and talk crap and all that good stuff. By the way, I'm sorry I made you guys have to go play with toy horses too. By the way, I meant to apologize <laughs> about that a while ago. In all fairness, I put it out there that you're the one that suggested it, so that's going to have to be on you too. See, that's, uh, you know, haven't I suffered enough with these bits? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm literally one in five <laughs> right now. <laughs> I paid off so many bets, but you know what? I will still keep talking crap because that's what I do. Shall we get into uh, some news around the league and with the team? I love talking to news and I love talking about the league, so I'm all about this. So now with Mettenberger's injury, that leaves a lot of questions about what the rules about IR are in the league, in, in the AAF. Yeah. And a question came up with one of my followers is asking what IR is. And I have a general idea of it, especially when it comes to the NFL, but it's a little bit different considering, you know, in the AAF, the season is considerably shorter. So can you explain a little bit about how the IR system works in the Alliance. I, I don't want to go into like too much detail on it because candidly, when it comes to like the medical and the HIPAA stuff, I need to be careful what I say just so I don't violate anything. However, I mean, it's the same thing. Injury reserve, you know, a guy's injured and can't perform his, their duties at that time. And so they go on this list and it's kind of a list where they have the ability to be called back if indeed they become healthy again, or in some cases they go to energy reserve, not able to perform. And then their season is is pretty much done. So it's the same rules that apply. And for us in our situation, we are looking at now, we originally had four quarterbacks in theory on our roster. And then one of them now is injured and is going to IR and that person. Uh, and then now we're going to have three. And, it, and it's just that simple. So we, we made room, unfortunately, because of the injury, but that, that's just where we are. But I, I don't want to necessarily dive into trying to explain IR and all the rules and the 48 hours and the waivers and all that stuff, because I am guaranteed to screw that up. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they're on the roster, but they can't play until they come off IR and they don't count against your roster number. No. No, they won't count against the roster number. So, you you know, if a guy's injured, obviously they're injured and and you can backfill that spot. And then if that person comes back, then, you know, you you have a decision to make. And then, thank God that's Will's decision because if it's up <laughs> to me, I just pick people based on how good they look on posters. <laughs> just in a weird coincidental turn of events, Memphis Express was able to claim Probably one of the most predominant names, if not the biggest name in the AAF, and that is obviously Johnny Manziel. So can you talk a little bit about just kind of how that came right. to fruition? So obviously we have an allocation process for each team. So Johnny Manziel, by way of Texas A&M, is allocated to San Antonio. So at San Antonio has the first rights to Johnny Manziel based off of the allocation process. Okay, And keep in mind, colleges is all that matters. If you go to an allocated school, it trumps everything. It trumps the NFL team you played for, and in his case, the Canadian team that he played for because he went to Texas A&M. San Antonio chose to basically put him on waivers or not claim him. And the team with the lowest winning percentage has the first opportunity to claim him. Keep in mind, going into that Salt Lake game, we weren't a lock for this scenario. Now, we became a lock right after that game. <laughs> and so we had the lowest winning percentages. And, and by way of our waiver system, we have first pick. We chose to accept him. And now he's on our team. 
And, you know, serendipitously, we also had an injury during that game. And so it, it, it just happens to work out for us, fortunately and unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely say unfortunately. Yeah. Just how I feel personally. Me too. I I mean, you know, a a good kid right now is not able to do what he loves. And for me, that always, that's going to always weigh heavy on me. And it's the nature of this business and injuries happen. But when they do happen, that doesn't mean that makes it right or it's a good thing. It stinks. Yeah. This kid wants to play ball. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like what, what, what has that kind of led to with the Express as far as like now we have Johnny Manziel on the team? What have you kind of seen come from that? Got a lot of people that want to talk all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. I will know. say this. I was, uh, it was at the, like every week after the game, Coach Singletary does a press conference and I have never seen so many people in that press room. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was stacked. And, you know, I always joke uh, after every game, specifically away games and home games, after the game, I'll probably get somewhere between 20, 40 text messages, either saying, hey, hang in there. Kudos. Great job. You guys are on to something. So once again, like 20 to 40, we uh, made the announcement and we were in the air when this announcement was happening. So everybody obviously has to turn their phones off mm-hmm. because this whole FAA <laughs> rule thing. But anyway, as soon as we land, my phone starts to blow up and it's like 300 text messages, Right. And I, and I was like, oh, oh guess it's out. Um, and so, you know, that that just shows you kind of the power of, of his celebrity. And, you know, the other thing that I like to talk about is, you know, you look at we did a press conference the other day and, and this is no knock against anybody. But our press conferences probably get, you know, a few thousand views. As of last count, he was over 100,000 views on just his press conference. So oh my gosh. when you start doing you, you, you start doing the math and you start looking at the analytics of this thing, you realize that, you know, this is what celebrity does. This is what appeal does. And, and, and he has that it. And, you know, everybody talks about what is it? What is it about him? It's it. That that is it. He has it. And you can define it as you see it. But it's only a few guys that you walk into a room and you realize that they have it. They have that charisma. They have that that ability for people to be drawn to them. They have that ability to to when you speak, you listen. Uh, They have that ability to get you motivated to do some things. And there's very few people in the world that have it. But he's one of those kids that has it. And just destined to have it and play quarterback and also be handsome and also kind of be very good and gregarious. And so, and now we have it on our team. So I, I, with Johnny, so that that's a good thing for us. I definitely have a lot of thoughts about how I feel about Manziel, but I will say like, I'm, I think it's amazing that that it factor, we get to benefit from it. Yeah. It's a reciprocal situation. And you got a kid that wants to play football flat out. All he wants to do is play football. That's his safe Haven. That's his place. That's that's the thing that brings him joy. You have a team that needs good football players. Um, you got a coach that wants to mold and help young men be better in life, right? So when you combine all those things together, this is an opportunistic situation for everyone involved, not just Johnny, not just the Memphis Express, not just our business ops, not just Coach Singletary. Everybody involved is going to be able to benefit from this opportunity. And, and, and it's up to us to just make sure we manage it right. That's the really the probably the thought in my head. I remember the first time we met Coach Singletary. It was at that get together. Yeah, the Conrads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A long time ago, but <laughs> something Coach said. It's like five months ago, but doesn't it seem <laughs> yes. like thirteen years? Yes. It really feels like forever ago. I, oh. But Coach Singletary said something that kind of stuck with me. And he said, um, "If these guys come in and just learn how to play football better, then he's failed them." Yeah, he wants them to be better football players, but just better in life. 
it seems like a really good combination, kind of like a weird combination between Coach Singletary and Manziel. Obviously, Coach Singletary is a very strict, rigid kind of guy, and Manziel just has that kind of just kind of like you know a, a crazy past. You know, let's just say it, but he just kind of has like this really kind of excitable demeanor. Yeah, no, and they hit it off. Like, it, but people don't give Coach Singletary credit for it. everybody. You know, because you, you you he's known as the brand, the eyes, the intensity. And 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 that middle linebacker that'll rip your head off. Coach Singletary, hands down, is a dude's dude. He, you know, he's a dad's dad. He's an uncle's uncle. He's just <laughs> that guy, right? Because every time I hang around him, I grow more infatuated with his with him as a man. As a, you know, I go to him as for advice, and we talk all the time, and and I appreciate. The advice and the candor and the demeanor that he uh, he he talks in and he helps me and we 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 laugh we joke and, and and that's the guy that I've gotten to know know over this past season and 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 it's been a fun ride to get to know him because when you keep peeling back the onion you just keep finding more and more little nuggets that you're like wait a minute you like this song wait a <laughs> minute you you know I mean you know he he, he he's into music right now and he walks around every day with his phone and you see him dancing around and laughing <laughs> and and don't get me wrong he's intense once he steps on that green grass but up until that point he's a dude's dude and and, and I can see now why people love them in the locker room I can see now why if you're on that defense with him you're gonna do everything in your power to try to help that guy win because he just he just puts a confidence in you. And 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 unfortunately for us, yes, we are kind of, you know, one and five right now. But what I see with those guys every day is the ability to compete. I see those guys showing up with smiles on their face. I show those guys showing up with intensity to keep trying to win. And as long as we keep seeing that, we're excited because we know that they're still fighting, right? They we're not it's not impossible for us to be in Frisco. Right. We're not we're not out of anything. So as long as those guys keep showing up and keep doing what they do, we always have a chance. And even if we don't have a chance in my brain and in his brain, we still have a chance. It might not be a chance to go and win our championship, but it's still going to be a chance to impact the lives of those players. It's still going to be a chance to give our coaches an opportunity to teach the game. Still going to be a chance to allow you guys to talk about the product. Still going to be a chance for our fans to come to the game to enjoy the product. And so as long as I have that as a motivating deal, we're going to keep doing exactly what we're doing. and We're going to do it at the, the best of our ability. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We've talked a little bit about how fans feel and, and the general public feels about Manziel. Do you have any sort of pulse about how players feel about him coming and being an addition to the team? I mean, you got to also gotta realize, I mean, as of this recording, guys being here three days, you know, uh, in terms of practicing, he got in on late Sunday. So you got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, today is Thursday. So and Tuesday was an off day that he had to go spend with the boys and girls club and do media. So you're talking three days with the guys. And so I don't I, – I tell you what, our guys welcome anybody with open arms. We have one of the most hospitable teams ever. It, it's 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 pretty – and I've been around a lot of players. I've, I've toured. I've been on tours with, with superstars, rock stars, and everything. And it's not every day you walk in and a player will be like, hey, man, you look parched. Let me give you a Gatorade. Oh, sit down. I go grab you something. Or you need anything. Or thank you and please and all of that type of stuff. Our guys are some of the nicest humans you're ever going to meet. We don't – Nobody dreads going into our locker room, right? Because they're just good. Once again, it's a testament to the man up top and the, and the mentorship that he's giving them. But so I, I would venture to say that Johnny's going to find some guys are going to welcome him with open arms. And they're gonna, he's going to find a league, obviously, that's going to welcome him with open arms. And the front office is obviously going to welcome him with open arms. And we're going to do everything we can to support him. And not just him. 
all of our guys. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong, Johnny is a is a is a celebrity figure, but we still have fifty some odd other guys on that roster that are doing just as much work, if not more, in some cases. That we are going to try to do everything that we can to make sure that they feel welcome and included and 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 part of this team. So what has this done for ticket sales? I know you mentioned something on Monday about a boost, but you said you have some a little more information later on. So Ken, what, what have you seen? We've seen a noticeable increase in interest. And, you know, as this is a late buy market, we all understand that people want to understand the weather and and they want to make sure that it's going to be sound and not cold and all that good stuff. So we've seen a noticeable uh, increase in phone calls and chatters. And I think that's going to translate into some higher sales for us. What that is, I don't necessarily want to try to put a forecast out there right now because once, you know, once again, people are still saying I want to wait to see the weather and whatnot. I, I will say, though, if the interest in the chatter is any indication of what we're going to see on Sunday, it's going to be a great game. It's awesome. going to be great whether or not extra people are there. Yes. <laughs> I have more people like you, the world would be a much better place. <laughs> I'm a firm believer in this. And I'll just say here, we've got something we're going to be sneak peeking at the game. So you should look out for it, Crochet. Oh, heck. And the <laughs> audience, you guys, be on the lookout for something cool we're bringing to the game on Sunday. Uh, is this going to be something that's going to have to have me involve security? No. Or is this going to be something that you're going to have to call me to say, hey, this is on a prohibited list? Or is this going to be something that uh, when it happens on TV, the FCC is going to call us saying that you guys are now officially fined? Definitely that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, definitely that. All right. Well, With any of them. I checked prohibited list and it doesn't, I don't think there's uh, anything. To, so Now I'm intrigued. I may just happen to go to the game now. <laughs> As if he wasn't going to. Hashtag join us in the hub. <laughs> I love the fact that they have a whole box over here of my quotes. Hey, you know what? Use them all. I love this. You guys are awesome. Like, like, this is pretty cool. So, uh, but yeah, you, you know, and I love that. I love that you guys are trying to introduce new things to the game, right? Because it's fun. Like the whole beautiful part about our league is it's a league of opportunity. Right. I, I, and I don't think people embrace that. They want it to be so many other things and just let it be what it is. It's a league of opportunity. And I think that if we keep riding that wave, we're going to go into some great heights. But everybody wants to try to compare us to this or compare us to that or make us this or make us something that, you know what, we're not there. But what we are right now, some really good football that people want to watch in a condensed time frame that really fits in between what we like to say is the saddest Monday in college sports in the NFL draft. We own that window and that's what we want to try to own. And so I, I, I think that we're doing a good job with that. And you guys are doing a good job echoing what we're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, I, and I definitely think that you should be looking at this for fun factor. I mean, obviously losing isn't fun, but as Dan has said, me about it. <laughs> as Dan has said before, and I'll echo this just again, you know, Losing teams need our support more than any other. Right. So don't go anywhere. Keep hanging out. And even if we lose, we're still going to be here having fun together. And that's, I think people, you know, everybody say winning cures all. But you know what? You still have a good time. You know, I look at teams like the Cleveland Browns, right? Which I firmly believe that if the Cleveland Browns win the Super Bowl, their season ticket holder base is going to drop. Because what do you have to root for? You just root, you know, and lose and <laughs> you suffer together. But I mean, that's a joke. No, please do not start tweeting, emailing me <laughs> from Cleveland. That was a joke. Please make sure you understand that is a joke. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, like we talked about before, it's a medium of exchange. I want people to come out and just have a good time, right? Wins are going to come. Losses are going to happen, unfortunately. But just come out and have a good time. And I think that if you come to an express game, it, 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 that's what it's going to allow you to do is have a great time. 
So this actually takes us to a question. We got some questions from Instagram this week. Uh-oh. One of them's from Kiplin, and he says, has there been too much focus on entertainment over football? In other words, is football just a byproduct to the express front office? No. Football is our core product. Um, but we also want to make sure that we entertain every fan that comes through the door. You know, one of the things that we want to try to do is create unique experiences through through football, i.e. silent disco, which, you know, everybody had a great time at. Or, you know, we got Memphis coming up or we have the Express Challenge, which is going to be a functional fitness challenge. It's going to take place before the game or Pride Night or Celebration of Faith. We, we want to do things that allow people to have unique experiences through football. But at the end of the day, our core product is football. We're, you're coming to a football game. You're not coming to a silent disco where a football game broke out. So uh, the answer to that question is our core product is and remain to be football. That is the product that we're selling first and foremost. So this one is from Xander Weeks 23, and he's asking, who is the vocal leader on the team from a player standpoint? Ooh. Right. If you'd asked me up until this week, Met and Anthony Johnson, hands mm-hmm. down. Uh, Met in his, his, his own style, and AJ just, <laughs> you can't stop him. And that dude is funny. <laughs> Yeah, like I've been to some of the practices, and one thing that I noticed even before he started is that Menberger was always out there coaching guys, like getting them in position, helping them. Like even when he was third string, like he was still out there acting like a starter. No, not even acting like a starter. He's he's a brother. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just want to see your brother succeed. And that's, once again, it just shows you this team. Like, I, I I can't stress this enough of how much these guys really truly band together and love each other, right? They just want to see each other succeed. And, and, and that's a prime example. You got a third string guy. He could be over there with his helmet on, moping and sitting on the bench and waiting for his number to get called. No. Hey, Rob receiver, let me show you how to line up. Hey, man, this right here is how I would do it if I were in your situation. It just shows you what type of guy he is. And, and, and it's something you don't get to see every day. And it's fortunate for you. You get to come out there and see behind the curtain mm-hmm. to see what, you know, what, he, what, he, what he does and what he's about. And then I will add that I think it was Montori Hughes has become quite a voice on the sideline during practice. But he just likes to talk. Yeah. <laughs> funny guy. There's a difference. There's a difference between being a voice and just loving to talk. But once again, solid individual that does a remarkable job for us. But And, and the guys listen to him and respond. All right. So we have another question here. Now, this one, I don't know if you will have an answer to or be able to provide us the answer, but we definitely have to ask it anyway. This one comes from the Iron Report, and they ask, how will Manziel be incorporated in the Express offense? I'm going to ask in this week and going forward. Carefully and slowly um, is what I'm going to say. At the end of the day, you know, this is one of those scenarios where whatever you do, you're wrong. You put them in. You put them in too soon. Oh, you plan them too soon. You don't play them enough. Oh, you're not playing them enough. So this is where Coach Singletary being, once again, a guy that's trying to help other guys, a guy that's trying to teach the game and a guy that's trying to put the 11 best players on the field is going to take over. You know, he'll, he'll do what's right for the team and what's right for Johnny and what's right for everybody else. And so you don't want to put guys in bad positions. Um, but don't get me wrong. I think this guy is going to do some remarkable things on a football field, but I don't want to put any forced pressure. Once again, he's been in three days. <laughs> he's been in three days. That's uh, about all I can keep stressing. Yeah, and that's one thing that I keep seeing is like everybody saying, start Manziel, start Manziel. It's like, if he's ready, sure. But like, he just got here. He's been here three days. Three days. <laughs> like, like, 
three days. I, I I can't keep stressing that enough, you know. And, and so let's let the, let's let let's let coaches coach. Let's let players play, and let's let the results show on Sunday. But uh, you know, for me to sit here and say what he's going to do, capable of doing, what can he do? One, that's not my call. But two, he's been here three days. All right. So the next question, I don't know what kind of input you'll have, but this one's from the boys at the yard over at the shipyard podcast. Mm. And they're what little conspiracy theories do they have now? Yep. <laughs> They're a little heated after this uh, last week and asked, where the F is the Sky Judge SD robbed? <laughs> I'm not feeding into this conspiracy. <laughs> hey, the Sky Judge was in the sky doing whatever they do. Just take it, man. You guys lost. We know about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's bring it back to Memphis Express and our new edition. And you, you were saying earlier about Johnny's celebrity and just kind of like the attention that he brings just from existing. And I wish I had that kind of power. <laughs> oh, y'all. You know how much cool stuff you get for just being cool? Right? Right? You know? Okay. So I don't know if you've noticed, I'm sure you have, but every graphic, especially the recent ones that the Express put out, has a plane on it. And it's a particular model plane. Do you know what it is? Okay. I saw this in an Instagram comment. Like somebody posted it was when Manzo was signed. They had the graphic of him. And somebody posted that it was a B-17, which is a World War II era plane, codenamed the Memphis Bell. Who dug into <laughs> the history books and Encyclopedia Britannica and dug that one out? Hey, man, I'm, I'm also still looking for Jimmy Hoffa. Can you go find that person? <laughs> we'll work on it. Uh, but yeah, I, that's cool. Yeah. And I like when I saw that comment, like I reached out to the guy who does the graphic designs and it's just like, it's such a small detail, but it's so impactful that there's like kind of that little detail that's Memphis. And I reached out to him. And he actually had a funny story about that particular graphic. And he was saying that he was doing the Apollo's game and like his boss came to him was like, Hey, we need you to do this graphic like right now. So he left to go do this graphic. Took him like 10 minutes, like throw it together. As soon as they posted that to the AAF account, his boss came like, all right, we need one specifically for Memphis. And just kind of how quickly that, you know, he was signed to the AAF and then claimed by Memphis. And uh, so he, you never mentioned Manziel. Did I not? No. We're talking about Manziel. Anyway, this is Johnny Manziel and his announcement photo or graphic. And so he had like 10 minutes. And this is Dan Goldfarb. I'll yeah. say that. He does amazing graphics for the, the league. And he had like 10 minutes to do one for Memphis. It's like 20 minutes total. And like those graphics are the most popular graphics uh, for like the, that the Memphis Express has put out. And we're going to take credit for that. <laughs> uh, no, you know, first off, our graphics team, our social team and digital team do a remarkable job. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they work for a Yahoo like me who makes all kind of promises on social media and they got to track them. But they also, they live in the moment. It's, it's quite, it, I don't think people understand how hard it is to come up with these graphics, make sure they go out, make sure they're relevant monitor these likes similar what you guys have and, and and grow the account and get followers but yeah it, it you know does johnny coming on and that graphic make it make it a little bit easier yeah but the thing that i give him credit for the most is what he's been doing without him and, and so you know those guys have really truly busted their butts the videos they put out the content they put out is top notch and i'm proud of those kids they do a phenomenal job for us and they don't get a lot of credit i think one of my favorite shows on the internet is the met show Exactly. And and that's one of those things. They sat around and said, what can we do? And they don't ever get credit for that because they were sitting around looking for personalities because I'm challenging them. What can we do to break through the clutter? What can we do to create our own content? We call it own brand. What can you do to own your own brand? And 
you know, it's hard because you got all these different personalities. And keep in mind, the Met show started during camp. So you had way more than a final roster. So they're now looking and kind of playing player personnel person to say, all right, this person one is going to be around for the season so that we can continue to build on this. And then two, we need to make it so that it's different, funny, humorous, serious, above brow, below brow, all in, say, two to three minutes. That's hard. And for them to be able to do it and do it on a consistent level is cool. But I look at, too, the highlight videos they put out, the recaps that they put out, the monitoring the Memphis Grizzlies, Memphis Tigers, men's, women's basketball teams, making sure that they understand what the uh, uh, Memphis FC, the, the football club does, well, football club does, <laughs> and and making sure that they stay on top of that is it, it, pretty spectacular. And I know we started talking, we, we, I went off on this tangent just because of a graphic that Dan made, but I also want to make sure that we put all those guys over. They, they do a fantastic yeah. job. Absolutely. I know whenever there's a new Met show, Dan's like, oh, hey, there's a new Met show and we watch it together. And <laughs> Just wait till the late, the next one is going to drop. It's, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I'm going to let you guess who <laughs> the star is going to be. Um, and then also just like another video that was put out was like previewing, was it Sneak Fest coming up? Yeah. And Anthony Johnson, who I guess is like a, a sneaker serious guy. Serious sneaker head, right? Yeah. Um, we, him and Leterra, like serious sneaker heads. And so we're doing Sneak Fest this, this Sunday, right? From 12 to 6. So Sneak Fest is actually really cool. It's um, it's basically these guys that live in Memphis and they're big time sneaker connoisseurs. And they've been putting on these shows all around Tennessee. And and so they they were looking to try to put on a show, and so we approached them and just said, "Hey, let's let's let's, let's combine football and footwear and do this um, this thing. Nobody's doing this, right?" And so they bit. We all got in. So at the Pipkin Building, prior to the football game for pregame activities, you're going to be able to go in and buy rare sneakers, right? So then we said, okay, how can we up this a notch? So then we combined with the, the local food truck alliance, and they're going to do the food truck rodeo, which you're going to have about, eh, give or take, 15 to 20 food trucks all out there in Tiger Lane. So you get footwear, football, and uh, food all in the same day, right? And, and and it goes back to the original question. There, the guy was like, well, you think entertainment uh, you're putting too much entertainment over football. No, once again, this is this is basically gasoline on top of the fire with football being a fire. Let's make it even better. So if you show up, not only can you get some fresh kicks, which if you look at my Instagram and or Twitter, yep. I have custom one of one Air Force Ones that nobody else has. I'm pretty stoked about this. And I should win heat on feet just, to, just on those shoes alone. <laughs> However, I may be working, so I may not be able to be over there. But I think that my shoes should automatically win. But that's another story. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. Of that. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be pretty dope. So if you're even if you're not into sneakers, you can really go find some cool stuff in there. And I'm trying to figure out a way. So we got we got this thing where I have one starter coat for every one of the Alliance teams. And I think I'm going to figure out a way to give them away during Sneak Fest. I don't know how yet, but I'm going to figure out a way to give out eight of those coats. So you may be able to show up and get a Stallions or a Hot Shots or Hot Spots, as I like to call them, <laughs> or a Boring Ham Iron you know, Jacket. So we'll figure out a way to give those away during, during Sneak Fest. I think that's going to be pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I want one. Yeah. Right. I'm going to be there. I want the Express one. I don't really care about the others, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one that matters. Exactly. Unfortunately, I got seven other brothers. So, I hate to do this to you, but the big news that has come out in the Alliance. The other big news this week. Yes. The championship game has been moved to Frisco, Texas. Right. There's a lot of people that are upset. I'm not extremely thrilled about it. Why? Because you're going from a 36,000 capacity stadium 
to a practice field that holds 12,000. Now, I know it's state-of-the-art. It looks amazing. Uh, have you seen Yes, I've seen pictures see, of it. you see it? But it looks like a practice field. There's no stands behind the end zone. like, And it's like two-tiered. And it just looks – to me, it looks amateur. I saw a boxing match in there once, and I've seen a high school game in there once. And, you know, because I was with WWE, we obviously had WrestleMania down there. So I got a chance to kind of see this thing coming together. It Once you get in there and you feel the energy of however many thousand of people – it changes the landscape of what you're considering right now. Take my word for it. So it's an intimate environment. You can say, hey, these other people play there. Strip all that away and just just focus on the environment we're trying to create. And you'll see the vision of what we're doing. Plus, it's more centrally located. People can get there. It's a lot. Of, I think it's going to be a lot of benefits. Yes, we did move it. I think it's going to be more benefits than people are giving it credit for. That's just my personal opinion. Yes, I'm a little biased. <laughs> uh, but, but I think that you know, unless you're just dead set on going to play blackjack, you know, roulette or whatever, it, the football game is going to be a, I well, honestly say probably a, a much better environment here than, than the other places we were looking at. Well, and when you think about it this way, when we've gone to the 901 FC games here, that stadium holds what, 10,000 people? Mm-hmm. And it feels more packed. The energy feels completely different and elevated because everyone, you know, it's it looks more full. Well, and energy is infectious, right? Absolutely. You know, when you, you, you go to a you go to a game and, and you kind of have that, you know, yeah, you come to some of our games and you can look and say, if you're upstairs by yourself, you're not going to, you don't want to be that guy cheering by yourself. But when you come down into the hub or the family section, you get on the side where we kind of have it packed in, all of a sudden, you're kind of feeling that energy and that buzz. And 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 you want to try to create, Here here's a challenge too that I would throw to people. When you're trying to create a neutral site game to try to create that energy in such a wide space, eh, maybe not. But I think I think that this is going to be a – you're going to love it once you after you go. I, t- I, I tell – and Dallas is a really cool city if you've never been. What else? But, but, but let's keep talking about this. Okay. I want to make sure. Don't shy away. Don't be scared. <laughs> so there are some people that had tickets to the game that can no longer make it because they can't afford to make the trip. From where they live to, they live closer to Vegas. Uh, but if I were stuck with this flight to Vegas that I couldn't change, I'd be really heated. Because there are a lot of people that, or you can go to Vegas and lay some action down on it. <laughs> I mean, once again, there's, there's a there's a positive on it for oh. everybody. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, I, no situations do exist and, and and are acknowledged. Is there anything the league is doing to kind of make amends, like people that have already made their travel plans that can't get out of it? I can't. I can't necessarily speak to that right now uh, because I think we still got some planning to do. So I don't want to be premature and comments on that and then be held to it. And <laughs> all of a sudden, this gets played back like Touche gets played back, and and then we kind of go from there. But yeah, they'll those you know plans are coming out. I mean, obviously, we go on sale here. I think at the end of this month. Coming up, keep in mind, it's you know, it's not a championship game is a league game and not my game, so I don't necessarily own it uh, or, or or have a that that skin in. I just want to play in the game, and so I'm going to let the league deal with those scenarios and just focus on ways that I can help our team get there. So this, I don't know if you'll answer this question. Uh oh, but the loaded. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's say on the saddest of days, Memphis does not get to the championship. Which that team never happened? What? <laughs> But go ahead. There's still a chance. There's still a chance. But okay, so far. I'm I'm with you so far. Which team would you be comfortable rooting for? Do you have like a second tier favorite? Ours is the fleet. I'll say that. San Diego fleet? Yeah, I would be super Uh, happy if the fleet was in the championship. uh This right here, you know what? 
I am so diehard express that I have yet to really, truly kind of even think about another team because for me, they're all enemy. But you know what I'm going to say? My safe answer right now is going to be San Antonio. Here's why. We haven't played them, so I don't have any animosity against them yet. But after we go down there and beat them and come back, they may fall off my list. But I'm going to say that right now because the other teams we've either played or had some interaction with and outside of, what's that, San Diego, I don't like the rest of them. (laughs) Well, and to be fair, the commanders are fun to watch. They're very Mm -hmm. talented, and they have a a strong fan base. They do. So they would make it a fun championship for sure. Texas is not not that bad of a drive. I mean, they're they're pulling 30,000 down there, man. They're doing a good job. Uh, Vic and this team are doing a great job, and Coach is doing what coaches do. So. I, I will say San Antonio right now, just because I have not had a chance to talk crap to them fully yet. Although, you know, we will smack them up after we smack up Birmingham this week. Man, you know what's funny, though? I got to tell you all about this. Okay. So, you know that Tim Lewis and Will Lewis are brothers. Yeah. Like, in real life. I know. I got to say that. You tell him, you tell he's work for WWE when I say, I like, give a story and I'm like, hey, you know, such and such are relating. And I'm like, but in real life, not this is not, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. not a work. And they're competitive, like like seriously competitive. <laughs> we did this deal with X-Lines Pizza. I don't know if you have mm-hmm. X-Lines. is really good pizza. But, but anyway, so they wanted to see who can eat the most pizza in five minutes. So, of course, I took this and ran with it. And, and went to X-Lines and said, hey, we got this thing. These brothers want to do this challenge, blah, blah, blah. So during the game on Birmingham, we we will literally we have we have filmed this challenge and we're going to air this challenge during the game. Yes. But it is so funny how this all transpired. So and this it came together in like literally ten minutes. So Will they were talking crap while we were in Birmingham and we said, hey, we got this pizza deal. You want to do it? Will's like he can't eat more than me. And I was like, all right, I don't know if this is a healthy challenge, but okay, <laughs> we're in. So we ended up going over to X Line. Will eats the pizza. We get his time. We then the X the people that X then said, okay, cool. We end up taking the pizza from X-Lines and delivering the pizza to Birmingham. Oh they delivered a pizza to Birmingham for Tim to then turn around and eat this pizza as part of this challenge. The reason I bring that up is, one, it's freaking crazy. But two, it just shows you once again how much competition, how fun the opportunities in this league because we do things differently here, right? And 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 and, and I, as we talk about all this stuff, at the end of the day, those are the little stories. One, the X Lines is crazy for delivering a pizza to Birmingham. <laughs> I don't think, and, and if anybody in Birmingham calls X Lines and tries to get them to deliver a pizza, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> but I will. I just got to put them over for that because that was a really cool thing that they did. Anyways, I digress. Uh, yeah. I do that a lot. And don't they offer twenty percent off whenever we win? We win, yeah. So we had that one time. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we'll have it again very, very soon. Exactly. But we got but three of our next four games are at home. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I think we're, you know, the weather's gonna break. You know, first four games that we've the the coldest games in AAF, we're we're in numbers three and four, our first two home games, like thirty, I want to say like thirty-six and thirty-one was the kickoff temperature and then it obviously dropped from there. So we have some really cold games. Mm-hmm. And I think that scares some people away. Uh but these next couple of games, you know, I think this game here is going to be pretty hot. Uh, you know, and then we got uh the Orlando game during the day. So you get some sunshine and hopefully, you know, no no precipitation. And then going into the Atlanta game with the Southern Hot Wing Festival. It's going to be part of our pregame activities. And they got a whole slew of activities planned for that. And once again, your ticket to the, the combo ticket gets you into both the Hot Wing Festival as well as the game. So we're excited about that type of stuff. So, yeah, it's a lot of things going on. But at the end of the day, you know, we got guys that just want to show up, play football, and people that want to show up and watch. And that's what we're trying to facilitate. Awesome. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on week three and uh, we'll see you on Sunday. We'll see you on Sunday and please do not get us fined, arrested. <laughs> do not get uh, the, uh, us on some type of watch list. Uh, I am saying it here that if it is a cool, whatever it is that they are doing, I fully support it. <laughs> and if it is something that gets us arrested or me in particular arrested, fined or fired, I was against it. I, all I heard was he supports it. So yep, that's what I heard. And we can edit this just so he says I support it. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to make sure that I just keep following the thread to say my statement over and over and over and over again. Hey, once again. I, I know I say this a lot, but I want to make sure that you understand how much I mean it. You guys do phenomenal work um, for all of us, and we appreciate everything that you're doing. And uh, just just keep it up, man. You you guys, I listening to your show and, and listening to all the podcasts around the AAF. It, it 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 gives me a different perspective of how the league is viewed because. When you're in the soup every day and all you get are either negative Nancy's telling you what you should be doing or you, you're not doing or this is what should happen. Or you get people that say, well, you're not this or you're not that. And then you, you, you hear voices like yours that bring some fun and really truly bring a different light to it. You might not understand it, but it uplifts a guy like me because it, it allows for me to see that what we're doing matters it allows for me to understand fully that there are people other than the people who get paychecks committed to what we're doing. So just just know your work is not going unnoticed and 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 every day is kind of can be a tough day. And we have some hard days around here, right? You know, we have some very hard days and we have some good days. But I will say that when I get in my car and I'm driving in and I get a chance to throw you on in maybe for five or eight minutes and I hear your laugh <laughs> and I hear you guys starting to just talk about whatever. And you and, and, and don't let her fool you. She knows a lot more about football <laughs> than she's letting on. But what I'm getting on, getting at is you guys provide a, a, a nugget in my day, a good chunk of the time that you don't realize what you're doing. And so I got to tell you, thank you for that. Aww. I know. I'm getting a little emotional over here. <laughs> Well, thanks for letting us be a part of it. We, we just love it. And just everything that you allow us to do that we can actually make this a success. Well, keep coming back. Um, we got three out of four games at home. We're going to need your support for all of them. And We're going to be there. Yeah, me too. <laughs> right there, front row in the hub. All right, so that was our fun conversation with Cochet. And there's a couple of things that I want to just kind of reflect on. We talked about Johnny Manziel being the attention getter that he is and that's gonna be interesting storyline coming up in a couple weeks when we play san antonio oh yeah if he does earn the starting spot that alamo dome is gonna be packed i mean it already is anyway san antonio is doing a great job of packing that stadium but added manzel and i feel like you have that manzel mania yep and then just add to that like cbs picked up two more games and one of them is our game against san antonio of course it is so combine that with being on CBS, so everybody gets to watch it with Johnny Manziel in Texas. That's going to be insane. Okay, and here is my plea to CBS to pick up any other game that's not already picked up because I never want to watch a game on Bleacher Report ever, 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 ever again. What about like one more time? Nope, 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 nope. Never again. It was so crappy. Like it was cutting in and out. It was. It was like freezing and it was behind and it was just so crappy. And because it was on Bleach Report, like even at the watch party, we couldn't get sound on because it had to go through someone's laptop. It wasn't even on like a TV anywhere. 
It sucked. And then the other thing that we want to touch on is the championship game that was moved to Texas. I feel like we need to give it its proper, like, this sucks. And it felt like Coche, it, it wasn't the right avenue, was, like, in, in front of Coche. Because he, he understands that it's a, a an unfortunate situation, but there's not much he can really say about it. Yeah, it's not his decision. He has no say in it. And he's looking at the positives of it, which, which obviously there are many. But you still don't like the stadium. It okay. It looks amazing. Like it's an amazing looking practice field, but it's a practice field, and it looks like a practice field. It's not even like a big dome. Like it's an indoor stadium, and there's only like two tiers of seats on either side. Nothing behind the end zones. It's just like a white wall with like a viewing area. And unless they do something major to like, it's going to look cheap and amateur. And, and I feel like there were. They probably put this in Texas because Texas loves football and Texas is filling up the Alamo Dome. But that's the thing is, well, not filling up, but. Well, the real reason is Jerry Jones. Like Jerry Jones owns that stadium. He's looking at the AAF, seeing the potential, and he's kind of pulling his swing into it. Oh, and it's more centrally located for like more of the teams because more most of them are in the southeast. Yeah, I like that. I wish they, and they should have had that done from the very beginning. Like everything else they've done has been Texas oriented, like the training camps, like just everything is Texas, which annoying as it is, like if that's what your avenue, then keep going, but don't switch it. Like after a month of selling tickets in Las Vegas and then switch it a month before the game. Like that's bullshit. People have made plans. They have hotels. They have planes, rental cars, like, and they're having a hard time getting refunds on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully the the league will come together and and reimburse them. Or so. I mean, it's it's a startup. It's a, not struggling, but I don't know. I don't know how much money the AAF has to reimburse all of these plans and these tickets and everything. But I just feel like they they did the fans wrong. Yeah, and not only that, these are their biggest fans. These are the people that bought in first. The people that, even if their team isn't in the championship, they're still going to go. Yeah. So these are like your biggest fans. I was talking to somebody else. They made travel arrangements for eight people to go to Vegas. What are they going to do now? Like, that's not cheap. And Coche was saying, like, go to Vegas anyway. No, they want to go to the championship game. That's crap. I don't think the solution is don't... like ignore the championship football game like that's not what they're wanting to do obviously you know if you have to go to vegas do what you have to do but like at the expense of missing the game completely like i don't know that that's the best advice well, and i don't think that coche said it flippantly maybe he did i don't know but no i mean i'm talking about like other fans are saying like you're going to vegas just enjoy vegas it's like not everybody wants to enjoy vegas some people want to enjoy a championship football game that they now can't because they can't afford to make it because i think um i think the shipyard was saying that they might not be able to make it to texas and that breaks my heart because yeah i, I want to hang out with those guys yeah and they had they bought eight tickets to that championship game in vegas and they made plans to go and all that's gone yeah that's crap and according to a league official apparently they're well on their way to selling out the stadium in las vegas are you serious yeah they were on their way to selling out a stadium that, that seats how many? I don't know how realistic that is. 36,000. And then they're going to put him in a stadium that seats how many? 12,000. Are you kidding me? I wonder if he misspoke. And I, cause I'm curious, like, how many tickets are actually sold? Yeah. And if what he said is true, that they were on their way to selling out. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. I feel like if that were true, they might be like, hey, Jerry, we love the opportunity. We're going to take it up in a different way. I feel like, okay, so... There's so many avenues to this. 
So the optics are that the league was seeing what was selling in Vegas, didn't feel confident that they were going to be able to have good numbers at that stadium, and then went with a smaller one. Mm -hmm. So it makes the league look bad that they're struggling that much. He countered saying that they're well on their way to selling out Sam Boyd, the Las Vegas stadium. Um, So I don't know how true that is. Maybe it's more like when we've talked to Jacob and they said they have projections and they're happy with like where they are at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe they weren't actually, those weren't tickets sold, but like they thought it was going to get that way. Yeah. And then he also wouldn't commit to the people that have bought tickets if they give first dibs on the new location. They better. Yeah. You've got to make this right. Like we've been saying since the, since the season started, you've got to be willing to be flexible because this is a startup because this is the first season. But like, how flexible do we really have to be? Do you think this is going to go into season two? What do you mean? Changes. Because the games were flexed and uh, now the championship game is moved. And I feel like there's other things we've had to like be flexible on. Yeah. And one thing is that this is a startup. But the difference between this startup and others is that this one is extremely public and they have massive fan base that they have to account for. Yeah, absolutely. So for most startups, making this kind of pivot, no big deal. But now you have all these people that are expecting one thing and you have to like accommodate that. You have to take that into account. And it doesn't feel like the league is looking at this from the fans perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think that I definitely think that it went into consideration. I don't think that they were just like, fuck the fans. But I think that the opportunity to work with the NFL is so great because there's obviously money and partnership and and legacy in working with the NFL, you'll stick around because that's the thing that I feel like has been missing from these other leagues like this, these developmental leagues is that the NFL hasn't gotten a partnership with them. So they fizzle out. Yeah. I mean, from a business perspective, like this makes total sense from a fan perspective. Like it's not great. It's pretty awful. And I, I feel like they could have waited until year two to move the championship game or like just, just I, I feel like they could have done it better. And the fact that we were getting like it took a long time for the league to actually put anything official out. So we're getting like all these third party responses saying like, hey, the championship game is moving and the fans have no idea what's going on. Oh, man. That's even worse. Yeah. I'm surprised we haven't heard from Darren Ravel. <laughs> but I will give the league props that they they did. A, they went on another show. I guess the problem is like they came from a, from a reactionary standpoint. They saw like everything, so they need to like clear the air. Whereas they should have kind of done more at the beginning. But I do appreciate that they came on to explain what the uh, reasoning, kind of like all the everything about it. Yeah, it seems like that's how they they do things is all reactionary because that's what they did with the jerseys too. They were leaked, and then all of a sudden they just like released them all. They still could have slowly but sure, like they could have kept kind of dripping it out like they were planning to. Yeah. Or or no, it was going to be during the QB draft. Yeah. They were going to release them all during that. So they could have stuck with that. They could have let the hype build throughout the day. Is this true? Is it not? But no, they just released them all. And it, it was just a crap way to do it. Yeah. I mean, we're still going to be at the championship game, hopefully in pod row. Yeah. We talked to Koshay about that a little bit. Hopefully that comes to fruition. Yeah. Because that'd be exciting. For sure. Anything else we got to talk about this week? Uh, Nope. I think we covered all that. All right, should we get into our predictions? All right, so what are the games this week? The first game of the week is the Apollo Legends taking on... The Apollo Legends? So the first game of the week is... (laughs) We're keeping it in. (laughs) The Orlando Apollos taking on the Atlanta Legends. Poor, poor Legends. 
Yeah. Uh, what was the score of the last one? Do you know? Well, yeah, be more specific. The last game between Legends and Apollos. It was like week. <laughs> that was week one, uh, 40 to six. Yeah. Hopefully the score will be a little bit closer. Yeah. I mean, the high shots did upset the Apollos last week and nobody predicted that. Maybe the Legends figured something out. And... No, they're definitely not going to win. But maybe if they could keep it a closer game. Keep it competitive? Yeah. So the next one is the Salt Lake Stallions and the San Antonio Commanders. Okay. Don't care. <laughs> All right. Moving on. I think the Commanders are going to win. Okay. But I think that's going to be a pretty good game. Okay. San Diego Fleet and the Arizona Hot Shots. Okay. A week ago, I would say the Fleet hands down. Yeah. But the Hot Shots being the Apollos. But the Hot Shots have been hot and cold. Yeah. You never know. So could be an interesting game. Could be a blowout. Definitely one to watch. And last but not least, the revenge match, though Singletary is not all about revenge. Birmingham Iron against the Memphis Express. I mean, it's going to be fun because it's going to be a home game and I'm going to be drunk, but I think we're going to lose. If nothing else, just come to the hub and see a drunk Michelle. <laughs> uh, she'll be the one with pink hair that's dropping her food over the ledge. Hey, hey, only happen one time. I'm going to be more careful this time. Oh, and we have this super secret surprise. Yeah. So be able to look out for that. For sure. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the food, too. The food truck fest. Yeah. I don't really care about sneakers. I might go like walk around if I'm allowed to. I'll have food in one hand and beer in the other. So I don't know if I'll be allowed in there, but <laughs> that'll be cool, too. And then in the hub, they're doing a game night. This week? Isn't it? I don't know. Pretty sure it is. Okay. Uh, couldn't get information about what it is exactly. So come to the hub and figure it out. All right. So to the football game, it'll be interesting. You know, the Iron have been, they had a good game last week, mm-hmm. but they were kind of on a downward trend. So if they kind of revert back, especially if they start Louis Perez, mm-hmm. we're getting Corey Vereen back, hopefully. Hopefully. It could be a good game. It could be. Here's yeah. hoping. I mean, I'm, I'm, I would love to win. So here's hoping that that happens. Yep. Do we have producers this week? Of course. So the producers this week are Brian Winslop, Dakota Muller. Joe Van Awesome, Matt Shekels, Rodrigo Gomez, and Zachary Garten. Thanks, dudes. If you want to be a producer and help out on the show, just go to memphisaaf.com slash Patreon and join us there. There's all the info. Boom. All right. Anything else this week? I don't think so. Okay. So if you want to stay up to date on all things AAF, just follow us on social media. Twitter, Memphis AAF. Instagram, Memphis AF Pod, and Facebook.com slash Express and Goal spelled out. Or check us out on MemphisAF.com and you can find all the information there. We will see you in the hub. Boom. And thank you so much for flying on Memphis Express and Goal Podcast. And until next week. And I'm out. Friday, Friday. Remember that? Remember that hit that? But you know how much money she made off of that, off of just YouTube clicks? I'm all about it. I'm still mad that I spilled Smoothie King on my shirt.